Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. This is episode 46. My name is Arun Kumar, and I'm the driver, and I'm here today with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great. Good morning, Arun and listeners. If you like what you hear here, share the show. That's all we ask. And we ask that because the driven mindset is freaking awesome. And what we are sharing here with everybody will make your life better. And if you believe in that and you come back here and listen week after week to us banter in the beginning, do some car talk and then get into some really meat and potatoes style value. What? I can't remember. I'm bad at sentence structures, but I believe what I was going with that is if you believe that that's valuable, then you should share it with somebody else who may find it valuable because the experience that you have in your life of getting better gets better when other people are getting better with you. And that's a bit of what actually we're going to talk about today, but I want to start with asking Dan if he has a fun fact for us. You know, uh, I have a couple that were lingering out there uh, from this last week. But uh, according to Rune last week, I somehow managed to miss how I was. So we'll start with that and how I am today. Dan is doing great. I had a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> Saturday. Uh, hang out at the lake, having some boiled seafood, crab legs, Ooh. clams. Uh, we, we fried up some catfish. You know, it's kind of like a whole buffet style of stuff and... Uh, Hung out in the lake, swam with the dog and the kiddos, my best friend. So, it's, you know, it's a good day. Great day yesterday. And we were recording on a Sunday, listeners, so we're a little off. off the, yeah, here. that might be why you're thinking, wait, why <laughs> is Dan having so much fun with his life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that that is our fun fact for me. But for out there in the, uh, the industry of automobiles, um, you know, that Arun and I live in, um, Interesting fact, uh, there are major auto insurers like Allstate, State Farm, and Progressive who are now refusing to write policies for Kias and Hyundais, specifically in the state of New York. Oh, poor yeah. New York. Yeah, apparently um, there is a really heightened wave of car thefts going on in that state with those two manufacturers, so they're now starting to refuse the policies because... They don't want to pay for all these thefts because Hyundai and Kia have stealable cars. It must be a sort of criminal organization that is you able think. to able to move such a high volume of crime in a yeah. concentrated area like that. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of kind of interesting. And then um, as of the, the end of this month, Toyota has taken the lead in the EV sales market after they have came out and told the U.S. government that they weren't going to do it. <laughs> so it's really interesting that they're now leading it. What are they selling? Uh, it's pretty much, they're they're counting their uh, HEV stuff too. The Mirai. Yeah, so it's like, it's like the Mirage. Uh, I think like, the, I think it might be one of the, the, I can't remember what their SUV is called. That's not the Forerunner. The, the RAV4. The Highlander. I think the Highlander comes in one comes in hev the rav4 does but uh yeah they've now taken the lead yeah more than half their sales last month were hev or evs pretty crazy 
This is interesting. Yeah. Are you sure? Are, is, hate- does this also include plug-in hybrids? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they are definitely... They Toyota is one of the manufacturers, and you already acknowledged this, that has said they they don't see full EV as as an option, the, the right yeah. path. Yeah. So we're calling it EV sales, but it's really PHEV, HEV, and oh, I, so yeah, hi, is hydrogen electric HEV or is it just hybrid electric? Uh, it's hybrid electric. Okay, so because I was saying the Mirai is a hydrogen powered fuel cell uh. car. That is also, it, I mean, it sells well out here. I haven't seen a hydrogen station, but they must exist because I right. see a Mirai every single day. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and of course, Toyota's, you know, also the one coming out and saying, hey, we've got this new technology coming out for batteries. It's going to make them 10 times better than the competition. So like they're doing it. They're going to do it and they're going to do it better than everybody else. Well, but so that's where now owning a shop I want to specialize in Toyota products because for one, they have a very wide range of products, which means you capture a larger market share instead mm-hmm. of going with, you know, Porsche where, well, no, bad example, Aston Martin, <laughs> which has a, the DBX, but then has a bunch of sports cars and all the owners are in a very similar bracket of people mm-hmm. where, Toyota, you can have somebody with a Corolla and you can have somebody with a Lexus LS 460 or whatever. And you're capturing quite a wide range of people with that, which I'm enjoying interacting with at the shop right now. But also because Toyota is one of the best for right to repair. They are advocates of it. They recognize that that the industry needs independent automotive repair facilities. And Toyota will continue to succeed in the eyes of the consumer because of that mentality because you on the contrary get manufacturers like the domestics or like mercedes who are trying to make it very hard to get data those customers aren't going to be able to get their cars fixed and you go one vehicular ownership cycle where your typical car owner is holding onto a car for five to six years, I believe right now you, you give it five to six years from where we're at today with this massive technological advancement cars being at the dealer and getting serviced at the dealer, but people not wanting to pay $300 an hour labor rate. Those cars get into the aftermarket and independent shops, second and third owners. And you've got people who, who want to get it fixed somewhere else where there's not a bottleneck and you have to wait four days to get a diagnosis on your car. I don't want, I I think the only way to to make that work is to share the data. Otherwise those shops aren't going to be able to fix the cars. Right. So I haven't really come across much of this in, in my two weeks of shop ownership, but give me another two years and I'll be, ranting and raving about this as <laughs> as I'm trying to build partnerships with the manufacturers of course but that's that's where we're at right now yep yeah and then uh one other thing and this kind of affects you Arun uh um, oh no yeah uh the um US House Committee 
uh, passed mm. a bill this week to stop California's ICE vehicle ban. Yep. And that affects, I believe, 14 states that are signed on to kind of follow California's law. Yep. So it's kind of, kind of huge. So it's it's Bill H.R. 1435. Um, it'll go to the House probably whenever they vote next. Uh, it'll probably pass the House. I don't expect it to get further than that with the current you know, politicians we have in place. But, you know, it's still they're trying to step forward, which is good. I actually want to make a completely tangential point on this, which is two weeks ago, I was selected to join my city's economic development advisory team, which means I am advising city council on policies that affect business in my municipality. So Union City, California, 75,000 people or so in a single zip code. So it's a fairly suburban place, some industrial, some uh, tech, a little bit of tech, a big shopping center. Uh, But, you know, fairly suburban, kind of middle of the Bay Area place. But if you had asked me two years ago, or three, not two years ago, four years ago, would you ever get into politics? I would have been, hell no, I'm not going to get into politics. I don't want to, <laughs> I never want to do that. Government and politics sounds ridiculous. And, and I don't want to be a part of that because it doesn't really actually have an impact on people. And then COVID happened and we could see just how much influence the government can have on people. And I'm not talking about the media and the news and social media with, with all the different companies kind of controlling the message and controlling the narrative that got put out there, which we've kind of seen over time isn't, isn't true. It wasn't, it wasn't managed in a way that was unbiased or really truth seeking. It was more fear-based. It was more people didn't want to be seen as different. And fortunately in the automotive world, this wasn't a big problem. So you didn't, you didn't see much of this. I didn't even realize COVID was a big, big deal in 2020 because I was in London working at a shop every day. (laughs) Anyways, my point is I came back to the U S and even before that in London, I got to see just how heavy of a hand government can have where you have threats of arrest because you're not wearing a mask on a beach. So I don't, I'm not going to take that any further, but I think we can all see how ridiculous that sounds now in retrospect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so now I feel very pulled to get involved in politics. And unlike Ian Smith, whose book I'm reading right now, and I recommend to everybody, Ian Smith, the former owner of Attilus Gym in Belmar, New Jersey. So he owns this gym and in May of 2020, he decides, I don't care about these lockdowns. I'm going to take necessary precautions in the face of a illness we don't know much about and I'm going to open. And he amassed hundreds of thousands of visits to his gym without a single confirmed COVID case over two years and he's still being sued by the state of New Jersey for his opening. I believe I haven't finished the book yet. Maybe it's going to say the lawsuits have been resolved. So I shouldn't say that, but 
and hopefully by now they are holy yeah hopefully but but so he he ended up running for senate and losing and i i don't really blame him or i i'm not surprised he lost is what i meant to say yeah and and it's not because he didn't have public support because he did but even when you think you're big at you know let's call it two million followers on instagram (laughs) this is what we talked about a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. even when you think you're big not only are do you, you know, he's big because he's divisive with the fact that he opened during lockdowns and there's still plenty of people out there that believe that that was irresponsible and that he's a ultra conservative and he's going to, I don't know, allow guns. And I, I, I'm, this is not a good route for me because I can't come up with good hypothetical examples of what to be afraid of when you have conservatives in office. But anyways, <laughs> He he lost. I felt because he didn't he didn't have the political experience. He didn't know how to run a campaign. He was going door to door, which is great. But for Senate, yeah, you do that, need that's, that's a, a big huge amount of votes. Yeah. yeah, huge amount of votes. Lots of money. Campaign manager. You should probably understand to some degree how the government works. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna run for that seat. Yeah. So so Union City, fortunately, seems to be a pretty nonpartisan place to live even though it's in a county that is quite partisan union city itself is is not a super leaning city which i'm you know i'm happy to live here because of it and somehow that meant that i was able to be completely honest (laughs) in my Uh interview and not lose out for my political beliefs which i'm very happy about they were they one of the questions was how do you feel about the police Oh, and I answered on I answered honestly, and I got the job, and I was like, "Okay, well, I like this place." <laughs> yeah, you know that that's really refreshing to hear because you know you hear of you know these municipalities like what you just joined, where they just stack their team with just one sided point of views, and like mm-hmm. you're not going to make anything better doing that, guys. Right, but like the country was created on the ability to. Dissent. Have open open discussion <laughs> and have you know kickback from people with opposing views. Like if you're not getting that, you're gonna turn what where you live into something that you probably don't want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what you see in all the big cities yeah. today. So, anyways, to make a long story short, I am now involved in politics and my independent and fairly libertarian views are being heard and I have the opportunity to commit to making a difference where I believe is necessary in my town. So I'm, I'm getting into local civil service, which I'm happy about. And furthermore, I encourage other people to consider this avenue because I know our listenership is all around the country. And if you are not if you're if you're shying away from politics for the reason of oh politics, ah, which is <laughs> I think I can I can just represent it with a noise like that. Just just remember that you live there and that that political governing body does have influence over you, and it is not that hard to find a way to get a seat at the table. And and you know I haven't even been to a meeting yet, so maybe my seat at the table is a complete what's the word I'm looking for figurehead or, you know, it, it doesn't actually mean anything, but I would like to think that it does because I've now gotten to have 
multiple conversations with the mayor, who's the head of the city council, about my views on the city. And we seem to be in agreement on a lot of things. Oh, man. Oh, I would love to have a conversation with my mayor. Get after it. Oh. <laughs> this is the time. He drives is... me insane. <laughs> well, no, but so so this is this is a great point in that I bet I don't know how every you know city government is set up. But this was not hard for me to get. I literally filled out an application, took me 15 minutes, PDF. I emailed it into the city clerk. Two weeks later, I had an interview. One week later, I got the job. And now I have quarterly meetings in the evenings. And, you know, that is a pretty minor commitment to hopefully make a real difference. And maybe I'll listen back to this in a year and think, oh, how naive you were. But I'm, it's a four-year term, so I'm, I'm in it you're for a little bit in. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're locked. So I'm happy about that. And th- I think they liked the fact that Evelyn is also from Union City, so they knew I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so long, long, long tangent to well, get yeah, to our so, topic of today. Yeah, a little bit longer uh, Dan's Fun Fact segment, but <laughs> you, know, you know what? Why not? It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Okay, so today there are... I want to tell a bit of a backstory as to how we got into this this topic. And it's basically off of a mutual friend of of Dan and ours through SEMA who listens to the podcast. So shout out to you, John. And he basically said... I would like to hear your thoughts on quality over quantity with regard to friendships. Is that, yeah. is that right? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. So like he, he and I were talking when we were together last and uh, he kind of went through his process of how he keeps his, his social media friend groups smaller mm-hmm. than most would. Um, he's not a huge fan of just amassing followers for no reason specifically on Facebook and uh, he'll go through, you know, on, on, you know, every few days of the week and he'll check birthdays and he'll be like, where did I meet this guy? And he'll <laughs> remove them. Yeah. And, and he, and he does that, you know, mostly because he's got, you know, family and kids on his Facebook and he's like, I don't want a bunch of random people that I don't know, or I've only met once and probably will never meet again. Um, so like he, he's working on thinning out his herd of followers to make sure that the people that do follow him or are friends with him are people that matter to him in his life. Um, and that have some sort of, uh, quality of friendship, not just someone that's just there lurking in the background. Hmm. I've thought about doing that with Facebook. It's just kind of inefficient with Facebook. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's his main main social media so i understand from his point of view of sure uh, like if you're gonna post you know what you're doing in your your personal life on there and you may have met some random dude from a car show that said that they might buy parts from you (laughs) you know yeah yeah so why why are they friends with you on facebook so i i get it yeah um well okay so so i wanted to do some research on public opinion on this and specifically i wanted to hear about quantity of friends versus quality of friends in real life and how people perceived their friend situation. 
So there was a, a New York Times article in 2016 that studied MBA students from around the US and 53% of perceived friendships were not reciprocated. So what this meant is you had a survey of a group of people that all knew each other. They were in an MBA cohort and you had a list of names in this study and each participant would go through and rank each person as far as how deep or fulfilling or quality that person's relationship was with you. And the results were that 53% of people that put down a higher rating for that, the other person did not put down that same high rating for them. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Very and I, interesting. I, I, and I guess it would go to the, the long time tested uh, method of for this is um, am I going to call my friend and ask him to help me move out of my house? And then it, if he calls, am I going to do the same for him? That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah. and like there are plenty of people that have been in my circle over the years that I know they wouldn't answer the call, mm-hmm. but I would answer theirs. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. So, so that study that, or the article went on to talk about the fact that other studies from 2005 until 2016 confirmed this phenomena with over 902,000 subjects covered over that period. Now, that study went on to say, okay, well, then how do you build more quality friendships? And, and I didn't agree with a lot of what it said. <laughs> Um, so instead I went on to the next article, which Dan, I think we have talked about this before that people used to think differently. Well, we've definitely talked about this before that people used to think differently. And in this case, what we're talking about is the progression of people's perceived friend group situation from 1990 to 2021. So this is a New York Post article from 2021 that says that a study of 2000 plus adults showed 49% of Americans have fewer than three close friends. But in 1990, that number of Americans that had fewer than three close friends was 27%. On the flip side of that, people who believe they have big friend groups It was one third of Americans in 1990 thought they had more than 10 friends, where today that number is 13%. So dropping from 33% down to 13%. Yeah, there there was clearly a... uh, I don't know if... There must have been some sort of change in thinking at the turn of the century. Hmm. It, and I don't know if that had a lot. Again, I harp on this a lot. If it was the changing of technology, uh, the the internet became more prevalent. I, I just there was definitely a change some somewhere in the early two thousands. Mindsets changed and how people look at their friend groups. Yeah, and I think for both of us, having been born in the mid nineties, we cling to 
the little bit that we can remember of quote unquote how things used to be. Right. Right. You know, we got cell phones at a time when they were like when cell phones were just coming out, not when our parents thought it made sense <laughs> for us to have cell phones. We got cell phones as they came out. Yeah, I I remember my first flip phone. <laughs> I think my first my first phone was a razor. Oh, you a lucky you lucky dog. All right. Fine. Always wanted yeah. one. I uh, wanted one. I went through two of them. They weren't that great. Uh, they look cool though. They look cool. They did look cool. <laughs> That's funny to think about. Anyways, so yeah, I mean my my upbringing and you put it this put it in these terms the the first girlfriend that i had we texted all the time uh-huh. it wasn't you know let's go you know i'm calling your house and asking your your parents to talk to you on a weekday evening and then we're you know talking on the phone for 10 minutes and arranging a date for the weekend it was we can talk all the time over text oh the amount of times i got in trouble for going over the limits (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember that yeah back back when limits were a thing (laughs) yeah back when back when i message and yeah okay well so i think we're seeing the point here is that you know even for us we kind of are right on the edge of of this and we remember a time where people had to call each other's houses and talk to the parents and arrange a time and remember phone numbers oh yeah Oof. yeah yeah and i remember when we got rid of our landline my parents oh, still have a landline yeah yeah we we <laughs> killed we killed it early once once the whole family had cell phones we're like what's the point mm-hmm. yeah i don't think my parents ever actually answer their landline yeah, it's because it's junk calls <laughs> yeah it's all just junk okay so as you progress further you think in 2016 2021 2021 now we're into the middle of covid and and there's some additional factors at play i'll just say that but in 2016 this study about unreciprocated friendships this is interesting and Basically, the conclusion that I got from my research on this subject is that most Americans feel like they do not have enough friends. So where we're talking about this idea of quality over quantity and where my experience has been that I ended up dropping most of my friends over the past few years and how now I'm much more selective about who I am letting in to any sort of quote-unquote friendship. It's interesting because I feel it's, it's not that I don't have enough friends. It's that I know I'm being really, really picky and not putting in the effort with a lot of people. But I take ownership of that. Yeah, and uh, I actually, to kind of key in on what you just talked about with dropping your friends every you know few years, uh, in 2016... A Florida Today article actually talks about uh, studies where people are replacing their friends every five to seven years ish, hmm. somewhere right. in that ballpark. That like you have like some sort of thinking change, where you meet new people in that time frame, and you completely change uh, who you're hanging out with, who you're spending time with. Right, and and I have come to realize that a lot, most people are not meant to be in your life forever. 
and that there will be these phases that we all go through in which people who used to be your closest friends are not around anymore. And this is, this was something that I was actually kind of struggling to accept recently because the guy I started, we are driven with, I don't talk to anymore. Yeah. And that's not because of any particular issue that happened between us, but it's that we just grew apart. Yeah. They, they, they say that it's at least based on like the articles I, I was looking at. Cause I, I looked at, you know, the Google lifelong friend statistics mm. and, and the generalized number I, I, I found was six in 10 friends are lifetime. I don't have any, anybody left lifetime. I, I've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few. I had less than six. I, I think okay. uh, unless I meet some new ones and you know, then they're around forever, but you know, I think it's already too late for lifelong. That's why. It, that's it why could, I'm saying I will never have be. any. Yeah, I mean, childhood yeah. friends. Uh, I know that there is two. Yeah, and I had you know my neighbor that I grew up with cussed out my dad once, so I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> my yeah, other people from my my high school and middle school days. You know, you just don't go to the same school anymore. Or you move away, and that that happens. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Everybody thinks that they don't have enough friends, but we're both of the mind that, yeah, sometimes people come in and out of your life. They're not meant to be there forever and that it is okay to refresh your friend group. So where's the disconnect? This is what I think it is. It's that people want quantity over quality. So that's number one. People want to be able to say, oh yeah, my, all my boys, all my friends hanging out together. This is so (laughs) great. Big party. We all get along. But you look within those groups and there's a lot of issues going on in most cases. Oh yeah. Often drama arises real quick. Yeah. And, and I don't know if this is a a California thing. So help me out with this. Is the word buddy really big out there? That yeah, everybody. Call, yeah, everybody has a like a hundred people that they call their buddies who are close friends in oh, yeah. the way they're describing them. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a thing here. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a thing that's come around recently. But okay, so all that said, so you think you've got a hundred buddies? You want this big group of friends? But are you even happy with the friends you have right now? I'm not asking you, Dan. You know I, I'm going to answer yes. Okay, good for you. <laughs> I think most people aren't. I think most people are not. I think everybody out there is persisting and forcing friendships that just aren't meant to be there. Yeah, and I have one of those in my life that mm. I, I can definitely tell I'm I'm the one pulling away. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, I've had uh, a few of those. Yeah, and for me, you, you know, my friend groups are small, uh, but I get to a level uh, in my professional life, which you know translates into my personal life, where I I just outgrow people. My my thinking is just different than theirs. Hmm. So I it, I find it harder to connect over time if they're not on the same sort of level as I am. Yeah, I I agree with that because you just your your thinking is so influenced by your work and if if they're not coming along with you in that way of thinking because they're not growing in their work then yeah it's not worth yeah. talking to them about what they're what they want to talk about right so 
I want to present a couple of options to you. Are you spending time or would you rather spend time with your oldest friend? The person you've known forever, you know all of each other's stories, you can laugh about them all day long. Remember when, remember when, remember when, ah, let's, <laughs> let's go grab a beer and talk about old times, right? Or do you want to spend time with that same person, but who you've known for one year or less, six months, but who you are doing activities with who you, what, that you want to do, you're working out with them, you're working with them. You're going to the track. You're doing whatever with them. And, and you're doing it inside of a shared value system where you agree on we're going to get there early. We're not going to slack and get there late. We're going to clean up after ourselves. We're going to be respectful to other people. Or not. Or you have a shared value system that's we're going to trash the place. We're going to get there <laughs> late and we're going to be assholes. <laughs> You could talk yeah, those about things, those exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could, we could, we could go down that route too, but who would you rather spend time with? Oh no. I'm the wrong person to ask that question. Okay. And I know who I would rather spend time. I would rather <laughs> spend time with the person who doesn't know me as well, but who I am doing things that I like with. Yeah. I see, to... But my oldest friend whom I pretty much call my brother, if he walked in this door right now, I'd be saying adios. Like we're, like we're two peas in a pod. <laughs> so, but we, but we, it's, he's my lifelong, like ride or die, like same values, same beliefs, you mm-hmm. know, similar upbringings. So like what you just described with like a six month person, we still hold pretty tried and true. Yeah. And that's part of the test. Yeah. But, and I, I mean, reality you may or may not want to hear <laughs> is that, you know, that someday could change. Oh, and sure. Someday you would not be friends anymore. I sure as hell hope not. <laughs> right. But but in that moment, one. but in that moment, there may be a lot of conflict in yourself. Sure. And I, yeah, we're talking hypothetical. Hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> but but one of you does something that the other one doesn't like and you kind of talk about it all tersely. And then you and then, you know, you, you went from talking every day or every other day to once a week and you're oh yeah you know oh i just did this oh that's that's so cool no response and 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 that's kind of how it might fade away and you want it to be there i'm speaking from experience yeah. and and that's kind of the the hard part about this is is the fact that yeah you think oh yeah this person is is going to be there forever because we're so alike and it's just going to work and yeah, people, that's where people change. Mm-hmm. But, but so I'm sure there are other people who you had in that same sort of situation where you, you were close friends and you would have said, oh yeah, let's go grab a beer and catch up and, and talk about the old days. Or you have the option of going and doing things that are progressive to your life and that you're, you're building the life that you want with the people who are around you doing that same thing. I don't care how long I've known them. I don't care what sort of long-term relationshipness I have with them. It doesn't take long to get comfortable with people with whom, you know, you share values. Mm-hmm. There's a guy I met 
three months ago, three months ago, and he's an entrepreneur, automotive, lives close to me, and we're starting to hang out more now. And I think about that, like, yeah, it's still, still very business oriented, but there's plenty of, you know, sharing personal information about ourselves with each other. And that's how friendships happen. And it's somebody who I respect. It's somebody who I want to work with. It's somebody who I am able to be open with. And I don't really care that I've only known him three months. So on this note of you're at a point where you feel like there's one person continuing the relationship. Have you ever been in a situation where you've said no, like basically you've broken up with your friend? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I, I just kind of like I was explaining a few minutes ago that there is one in my life that I think it was sometime in April. And this has been a longtime friend, Alec, I was best man in his wedding. And uh, he was in my wedding. He just I don't know if it's his work schedule or if he just lives a different life than I do. I just feel that I have started to pull away and I'm not conversating with him as often as I as I would or asking him to do things um I, I think it's mostly me you know like like I was explaining before like I just my way of thinking has changed from his and I don't see anything wrong with that you know that's the natural progression of life uh but yeah I I have I've been saying since April I think that that the relationship is just about over yeah and I so I've been in a situation where I had a guy who was calling me and texting me fairly regularly asking to talk asking to hang out and i kept i was it was about a month of me ducking and then getting to the point where i was i said you know i don't think i don't think i, I don't want you to talk to me anymore yeah this is not working and and that was that was a shitty experience because sure. it basically it resulted in being left on red and i've never heard from him since and i've crossed paths a few times but we just don't really talk to each other. So it's like, hi. Yeah. Um, there, been but, a few, there have been a few times where I've been broken up with and I didn't <laughs> even know why. <laughs> like, like, like you were over at my house at a Christmas party two weeks ago and now like we're not friends anymore. What happened? Mm. What did I do? <laughs> Something at the Christmas party, obviously. It, clearly. <laughs> you just clearly. don't remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, they, they reach out. Uh, I think it was like on Facebook at, couple weeks ago like i haven't talked to you in like five years where have you been <laughs> hmm. like, all right well okay so in that situation where you're breaking up with somebody it can sound selfish because it's basically like this person's trying to be your friend and you just go nope i don't want to be your friend anymore so this is your culling of the herd. This is John's unfriending people on Facebook that you wouldn't have expected to be unfriended. And then all of a sudden, those updates about him are gone from your feed. And if you go and check on him and you see he's unfriended you, then it's like, oh, what the hell, man? Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, here's why. Is it selfish? Sure. Sure, it's selfish. We can say that. Is selfish a bad thing? No. No. And here's why. You used to be upset that you didn't have enough friends. That's what all these surveys are saying. Not you, Dan, but most people, the American public in general, and you. 
<laughs> no, I would say probably five to six years ago, I wanted my friend to circle big. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was like really ingrained into the car community here in Omaha. Like I, I had tons of friends, right? Friends, quotation marks as like I'm doing in a video camp for a rune. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like now I, I don't really resonate with that. Right. So now you're cutting people off. You're keeping your circle small. You're having a harder time letting people in, but well, okay, no, sorry. On the on the other hand, you are trying to find more friends. You are really struggling with their current friend group, although you still call them your friends and you're still thinking that that they're great and they're there forever, but really you don't have that much in common anymore and there's a lot of drama going on in the friend group. Which would you rather have? Would you rather be selfish and then go cut out those friends and you may end up with a bit of a quiet life for some time while you're working on yourself? Or would you rather keep going down the same path of just boredom and struggle with your current situation without making any changes and yet you're unhappy with it? I would rather rip the bandaid off. I would mm-hmm. rather make the change, tell people no, and you'll find more satisfaction actually with cutting back on your friend group, not trying to add on to it. Yeah. I know I have. Yeah, same. And what that does is you focus on yourself first. And I was thinking about this. We just got a dog yesterday. And I went for a walk with the dog today. And it was a very easy experience. It's a seven-month-old puppy walking right by my side, not pulling on the leash. No training. No training at all. And I 100% attribute that to the fact that I am the person now that is confident in my ability to make that happen. Mm -hmm. That a dog who I know respects authority and who respects the, the leader, the alpha of the pack, that I was affirmed of that by this dog today (laughs) on the walk. And that's important to me because I've done a lot of work on myself to get that, to get to that point where I have a dog that I can, that, that respects that authority that when I want to cross the street, we cross the street. When I want him to walk right next to me, he walks right next to me. He's not pulling on the leash. He's not barking at other dogs. He's very calm and restrained. And I'm like, yeah, okay. This is some affirmation for me that all of this work that I've done is, is effective. Yeah, mine only barks at me. I don't know why. <laughs> Doesn't bark at so any other animal. So, it just barks at me. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because she wants she wants to play and go outside, and that's a different kind of bark. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it just okay. barks at me. Like <laughs> nothing else, just me. But anyways, so as you do this, as you cut back on your friend group, and instead focus on building yourself into the best version of yourself which is what we do in we are driven anyways that's that's how this program works is that you're living by a set of core values and a mindset with accountability in a group setting like people in the driven network yes we're all friends but we're friends in a different way because we're not necessarily all together so it is really that network that we're talking Mm -hmm. about here but that group of people that you get to work with is very, very powerful because as you work with those people, 
you're becoming so much better yourself. And then you attract the sort of people who you want to be around. So where before you thought you didn't have enough friends, the more you work on the, yourself, the better that you become, the more you're leading by example, the more you're making every second count, the more you're raising your own standards, the more you're loving what you do, then the people that you should be around will come around. Mm-hmm. And you find people that want to do record a podcast on a Sunday morning with oh, you. <laughs> he's talking about me. <laughs> but, but that is like, you know, it, it takes a certain kind of, I mean, what for one, it takes a certain amount of dedication to come in on a Sunday. And record uh, a you podcast. know what? You, you know, I, why not? <laughs> why not but but also Gets me out of the house for a couple hours you know <laughs> <laughs> but but i think the the point is that you know i wasn't doing this sort of thing before i tried to join sema before i got into the the job that i have before i got myself in shape before i started investing into myself in a way that made me make sure that i got a return on my investment so that now I am a completely different and better person than I was four years ago. I don't really even recognize that person. And that's incredible because four years ago I was stressing about moving to London. <laughs> and here I am back from London, graduate degree, new multiple entrepreneur, you know, in best shape of my life. I can go on and on. You we all know the story. But the that is that is why the relationships that I have today, I'm so much more grateful for, but they are less, there are less of them. And that's totally okay because where before I felt like people wanted to go out to eat and pressure me to eat dessert and make comments about how, yeah, you're doing so great, but you know, take today off. Or I was this person at one point that I would pressure people to drink with me that if you didn't keep up shot for shot with me or beer for beer for me, or you didn't want to play another game, another round of the game, then I didn't want to hang out with you. But if you did, and then we were, we were being belligerent together, then that was its own problem. These people who are sleeping more, they're not tolerating a shitty life. They're working hard. They're in shape. And really there are common values, but then there's also the unique things about you that are special and that you have to seek out in other people. And there are fewer people like this, but they will be more valuable people in your life. And they may not be there forever. That's a key thing to remember is even these people who we're talking about may not be there forever. Seven years. Could be gone. Five to seven years, according to Florida today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the way in which I want you guys to remember this concept is by the saying, four quarters or a hundred pennies. They both make a dollar. They both make the same value. But one of them, you have to amass a hundred pennies to get that value. And it's going to be a lot of work. You got a hundred people. You got to text every day. It's a lot of management. It's a lot of management. And it's a lot of people who just might not be doing all that much for you. The amount of value that they provide in your life and the amount of value that you might be reciprocating to them 
first of all, it's probably not equal. But secondly, it's not that big. It's not that much value. So you really should try to get value and find people who are quarters in your life. Because then you only need four. Four quarters makes a dollar, not a hundred pennies. And that's a huge, huge distinct difference that is important to remember as you think about your friend group. Mm-hmm. And that you need a few valuable people because you can spend more time with them. You can build yourselves up together. You can learn from each other. You can push each other. You can become better people together. And that's what you, what you want in your life at all times. Yeah, that's pretty much how my friend group is. And oh, since really Hadley was born, you know, four years ago, you know, that, that's where my my way of thinking changed a little bit. No more large friend groups and started working on myself. And I think the most profound thing that I've learned about finding your your four quarters. So you really don't have to try. They'll eventually just walk into your life. Yes. And they'll be there for you. Yes. Very, very good point. Like if if you're trying, like openly trying to seek out friends, you're probably gonna end up more with a hundred pennies. Eventually, someone yeah. will walk in your life, and it's just gonna click. You have the right mindset, and it's just gonna feel right. Because I think what this really looks like is you're spending a ton of time on social media, or you're spending a ton of time in the sort of uh, physical in person environments that that are conducive to these very shallow relationships, you can build real relationships through social media. I have done it since Xbox live. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But you can also build a lot of reciprocating likes and comments or messages reacting to each other's stories every day Mm -hmm. without much more behind it. And that's fine. It's fine to have that, but it's not a friend. No, no, And you have to remember that, that that is not a friend. They could be one, but right now that's not what they are to you. And and if you think that that is a quality friendship or that you you're using that as a measure of why you think you want more friends and you're not satisfied with what you have, it's because you have a shitty interaction with people and it's either on social media or basically the other physical piece of this that I was talking about is it's in bars and clubs. Ugh. Or it's at work. Ugh, gross. Yeah. And and if it's bars, clubs, or only work, then those are not, those are superficial reactions. Everybody yeah. has another agenda. Now, I've met some really cool people through work. Right. Some that are still mentors and friends today for me, but uh, I, you know, I have friend groups outside of that too. What you need, <laughs> you can't, you can't bring your, all your friends in from work. Right. And, and that's where, you know, if your boss is your friend, they're your friend, but they're also your boss. And that's one of those things. And I think this is true for you, actually. I, I, I It is. Yeah. I have one of those. And it makes the work relationship really tough. Yep. Really yep. tough. And I think I, he's here, actually. I think I think he's in the warehouse over in right the now. building. Yeah, Ooh. I think he's around here somewhere. <laughs> all right. We'll stop talking about him then. Oh, no, it's fine. But, I, I'll talk shit on him all day long. I don't all care. Right, all right. <laughs> But basically, that that's the point here is that, yeah, friend friend groups are people that are separated from having other agendas in your life and that, that you should be able to find quality people that you want to spend time with doing things 
and sharing experiences and sharing each other's time in such a way that really enriches your life. And yes, that circle should be small. You've got all sorts of really famous, wealthy people saying no new friends because they're just done. They don't need any more. They just don't need any more people in their life. And I don't necessarily believe that they're really saying no new friends, but they're saying, you can't just come into my life and become my friend. You have to freaking earn it by who you are. And that is so meaningful. Who you are means you have to focus on yourself. You have right. to be selfish. You have to get better for your own sake. You have to do things for yourself. You can't just be tugged and dragged around by the group con- conscious or the masses to make yourself have an identity. That's not yeah. how it works. Yeah, and and that goes both ways. I really liked how you how you put, you know, you have to earn that friendship. Because I just went through like a three year long process to try and, you know, really work into a relationship with someone here whom I really wanted to be friends with and get to know better. But he's a little high profile and, you know, he doesn't let people into his his group too often. And I finally got there, like finally got there uh, a few weeks ago and and I, I I, I had to earn it. I had to earn his trust and I had to earn, you know, being a part of his, his circle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it goes both ways as people have to earn it for you. You know, you have to earn it for them too. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I think that's a good place for us to wrap up. Do you have anything else you want to say on that? No, no, I think, uh, I think I'm good wrapping there other than, um, Arun, what's going on with the weird driven community these days? Give me, Give me some insight. What's going on? <laughs> because you aren't participating as much as you should. I be. know, I know, I know. The the Driven Network <laughs> is building people who win. And we are achieving our goals in every area of our lives and we're holding each other accountable to doing so. We meet on a weekly basis to talk about how we're doing against our goals. We talk about a specific lecture, a specific topic in which we are continuing to hone the driven mindset. And then we have our Discord chat that is now open to receive your daily motivational messages from me, usually at 4 a.m., unless a number of different factors (laughs) present themselves. Unless you're in Hawaii or something. (laughs) Unless I'm in Hawaii and I don't want to wake up at 1 in the morning to send a message. (laughs) Or... I'm in New York or East Coast, and then I am sending it at one in the morning Pacific, but we're talking 4 a.m. Pacific. Usually there will be a motivational message for me, as well as the rest of the Discord where we have accumulated a network of individuals who actually we've gotten a number of new members since the last time. I saw that. actually. I saw some new names. I poked in there over the weekend and uh, saw some new ones in there. New people coming in, which is great to see. Yeah. And and we're all building together. So we're pursuing excellence in business, fitness and cars across that arena as well. You've got people who are literally Facebook marketplace warriors doing nothing but flipping car parts on Facebook marketplace and making five figures a month doing it. You have people who are who just moved across the country and had to completely rebuild a restyling business. You have people who have quit their jobs and started automotive uh, used car dealerships who are still in in the corporate world trying to build uh, 
a side hustle in, in consulting. And these are all people who are passionate about cars, who are passionate about fitness, who are making sure that they are living their best possible lives, excited to continue to work in the automotive industry, to be a part of car culture and pursue excellence. Yeah. So we- that's rambling but simple simple yeah no we there there is a game being played in the uh, car chat on discord um andy really loves to post hey what is this gonna go for at auction yep and it's uh it's a fun little guessing game you know no prizes or anything other than you know your pride for guessing right so (laughs) i've been right a fair amount i'm happy about that yeah yeah Uh, And uh, if you want to connect with us, whether you want to join the Discord, whether you want to see the motivational messages, or you just want to keep up with what Dan and I are doing, you can find Dan at Uh, Dan LaRue on Facebook and LinkedIn, Uh, Dan underscore LaRue on Instagram and DLaRue95 on TikTok, possibly future posts coming soon. It's been a week. I Let's know. Let's get that going. Let's I know. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the right content. So mm. just waiting for that All right. moment. All yeah. right. I've, re- I've re- been recording every day for past several weeks, two weeks now of recording every day. And eventually it'll come out with various clips and longer form videos as well. Cool. Um, and, and that'll be on either Arun D. Kumar on, on Instagram, Arun Kumar, Facebook and LinkedIn, or on youtube at we are driven so that's all we got for today this has been arun and dan we appreciate you listening and until next time stay driven Mm -hmm.